Welcome to episode 54 of Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, we took a break uh, last week between Christmas and New Year's, kind of recharge the batteries. Um, apparently, Ben Charrington's still recharging his batteries because he hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, but we're going to power through it. We are on the, the precipice of Pirate Fest. So we got couple mini topics to talk about, but most importantly, where did we eat last week? Yeah, so we had a little uh we had a little southern home cooking on the north side, or at least southern uh southern style breakfast. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us yeah. all about that? So for the first time about a year and a half, Steve and I were able to see each other in person. Um he suggested Wise County Biscuits, I believe. Wise Country, I believe. What? Wise, oh, Wise Country. Country. Yeah. Okay. And it was on the north side, uh, kind of over in the Manchester-esque area. I've got to admit, I'm not totally sure what exact neighborhood that is. Uh, and it was delightful. Uh, the food was very good, but most importantly, it was great just to see Steve. And we got to just sit down, hang out, chop it up. And uh, my favorite part of the meal, we weren't really talking a ton of baseball. We were just kind of catching up on on life. My favorite part of the deal when I was talking to him about uh, Liberty Magic down on Liberty Avenue. Mm. And I started to talk about with some fervor and glee about taking my dad there one time and seeing a sleight of hand up close magician and the look on Steve's face I will not be able to forget it it was that look of amusement when a small child tells you about his dreams of one day maybe meeting Santa Claus uh, or seeing the Easter Bunny catching the Easter Bunny it was a little small smile, and uh, he just kind of, uh, you know, made me reevaluate my whole opinion on <laughs> how I believe in magic. Uh, it's not that I, it's not that I believe in magic. It's just that I appreciate the skill in someone being able to fool me uh, so completely. Um, but Steve, you uh, you certainly took it in a different direction. So you've made me question some of my life choices. Yeah, and and again, at the same time, questioning my own life decisions. I was excited because I thought you were going to talk about Magic: The Gathering, and uh, you know, which is a which is one of my many nerdy side pastimes, um, <laughs> or at least it was. I haven't been playing, you know, too much recently, but uh, great game, great game. So, um, but yeah, I, I Weiss, back to Weiss Country Biscuits. Uh, they've they've only been brick and mortar for a very short period of time. It is, and I can't stress this enough, dirt cheap. Like, in a world where it's so, so incredibly hard to find something that is a very reasonable, reasonably priced meal out, like, this place, it should be on everybody's list. It, the food is incredible, and um, actually, no, scratch that. Don't put it on your list. I wanted to stay my secret, but um, no, no, I mean, the the seriously, though, food's great very reasonable priced 
and and I agree with you. It was absolutely a treat to like catch up with you, at, you know, in between the holidays. So, you know that that's like the that was like the exciting part. Now we gotta now we gotta kind of drudge our way through a really slow pirate off season. Um, and you know you you know I talked about this a little bit. I, I, you know, why is it so difficult to find things to talk about this off season? And I think, you know, I've been thinking about it a little bit. And for me, it's that the fact that I don't know if I, I want to say I expected them to do more, but they should have done more. Um, because this is a season coming up where for at least a year, probably a year and a half, I've been targeting 2024 as the year that they make the playoffs. Uh, I've very much laid out my opinion on this, even with last year's ridiculous start. You know, there was always something in the back of my mind. I was like, uh, I don't know if they're quite ready. And, you know, obviously this offseason has brought some bad injury news, but I hope that didn't cause Sherrington and staff to reevaluate kind of taking a year and punting with the Oviedo and Rodriguez uh, TJs. But it sort of feels like they just have not grasped the bull by the horns this offseason. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. And, and it really still feels like the same sort of offseason that we've been talking about. Um, well, I mean, obviously on this show, we've only been talking about it for a year. You know, but, uh, you know, going back to even when we still had the blog, you know, we were, uh, you know, we were talking, we were starting to head into rebuild mode, I guess, a little bit as we were sort of closing up shop there. Um, you know, and, and and I agree, though, looking looking even back on those years, and it, it got lean and really tough to find things to talk about um, back in the day. But I mean, it's, it's even feels even leaner and more difficult to talk about it. But I really feel that the things that I want to talk about this off season, we've already kind of talked about last off season, you know, it's, it's just, it feels like this is just a repeat of last off season. Um, and I think some of that is because, you know, I, I agree with you. The injuries are, are really taking, uh, the Pirates aback um, as far as, um, you know, outlook goes for this season. You know, I mean, they're already down a top three starter and they're already down their starting catcher for the year. It, we haven't even gotten a, a single preseason at bat underway at this point, you know, and they're already, they're already two really, really crucial injuries out, uh, you know. Um, and that, that hurts, uh, you know, that, that, that does hurt the outlook, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, we missed a year of watching O'Neill Cruz, you know, develop and, and, you know, being able to, and I think if he was around and, and he did de- start to deliver, I think we probably would have dedicated an, an entire podcast this off season just to talk about what an extension might look like for him. You know, so, I mean, we are sort of robbed of that last year too. But, I mean, we're still sort of, we're still sitting and waiting, I guess, to like see the plan kind of come together just as we were last off season, just as we were the year before that, just as we were the year before that. Um, and, and you know, it, it's, you know, I agree with you. I hope that they're not deciding to punt just because some circumstances have changed. Um, 
you know, and, and they still might do something. I, I mean, I, I think that there might be one one player that might be holding some things up for them, um, you know, but I, you know, but yeah, it's it's been rough this year. That, that, that's for sure. Talking about the uh, the Pirates. The crazy part to me is that even if um, even if there's not this drive to make the the team better on Charrington's part, it's the fact that you know this is year five for him as a Pirates GM, and and if he doesn't show improvement, he's got to be thinking in the back of his head, uh, I might get iced down here, you know, and, and unless he has like some sort of rock solid agreement with Bob Nutting that he is not going to get fired. Um, it just doesn't even seem like he's trying to preserve his own job from a selfish standpoint, which mm-hmm. is abso- absolutely wild to me. Yeah, I haven't really thought of it from that perspective. Um, you, you do have to think that one more year of struggles is is going to put him distinctly on the hot seat. But I, again, I'm not really sure if I know how motivated the current front front office and regime is to uh to 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 move on from him um you know it's you know i i don't know how i don't know how much they're paying attention i also don't know how much time he has left on his contract or how willing nutting would be to eat any of that salary um you know but it it has not exactly been a tenure that has been marked with really any kind of success whatsoever outside of a really strong April of of this last year. And I don't really think that you can, you know, hang too much on one month of baseball. And, and has there been some bad luck along the way? Yeah, sure, there definitely has been. Um, you know, I, I do think that this team has been really the victim of, uh, you know, an incredible amount of Tommy John surgery in the past year and a half. I mean, that might have something to do with the incredible amount of sliders that they throw. I don't know. Maybe just throwing that out there. But, um, you know, it's uh, that being said, you you really can't you really can't hang too much on on that argument, too. Um, you know, it, it has been um, it. it you know he's got to do something. I agree with you on that, and and there's got to be that urgency. Um, but you know, uh, sometimes just managing the books is enough to please certain owners. If that's if winning's not really the the main priority, then you know GMs might be there. There might be some less popular um goals in in Ben Sherrington that Ben Sherrington's being evaluated on um you know than 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 what a fan might want you know it might not just be wins and losses that he's evaluated on and and I'm not going to say that it's just sinister you know that he's just making money for the team hand over fist and that's why he doesn't have to worry about his job but you know, it, there could be some other things that he's also being evaluated on that we just don't know about that we also don't really necessarily care about either, you know? So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, and I agree. You'd like to think that he'd be, you'd like to think that he'd be doing more to even save his own skin. Yeah. So let, let's presume that the Pirates are going to make one more addition 
via some avenue to the starting rotation. Uh, I'm going to toss out four names, and if you have someone else that you want to toss out, that's cool. And on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being least likely, 10 being rock solid, it's absolutely going to happen. I want you to tell me the number that you toss out of the Pirates signing or obtaining this this pitcher for the rotation. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start off with, it was a hot rumor, but three weeks ago, Pirates were looking at Dylan Cease, and there was a rumor that the, the White Sox were looking for three or four, you know, T10, T15 organizational prospect types and you know, there were a lot of mock trades being tossed around and, you know, you and I even tried to put together a trade or two, I think. So, scale 1 to 10, Pirates uh, trading for Dylan Cease. I'm going to say that that one is probably a 3, and I'm only putting that that high because, you know, it's been reported that they were in talks. I, I really don't see a deal coming together because I, I think the White Sox are going to want more than the Pirates are going to be willing to part with. Um, you know, I think everything else lines up. Like, I think he's a great salary value. I think he would make the team considerably better. Um, you know, so from a baseball standpoint and a fiscal standpoint, he would make sense. But from a prospect um, and and a resource sort of standpoint, uh, a human capital sort of standpoint, you might want to say, I, I don't think it's going to line up for the Pirates. I just, I, I, don't, I don't see it coming together. Yeah, I, I kind of put this one as a two myself. Uh, I'm still going to keep that torch going for him. You know, it's always interesting when a player gets tossed out and they, they, you know, gets put on the pedestal and then you just slowly watch people knock them down or try to talk themselves out of it. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, his, his walk rate and only two years of control. He won't re-sign. <laughs> well, I, I, I would like to have a good pitcher for two straight years. Um, right. I, I would like that, you know. So there's that. Um, yeah. I, you know, my thoughts are unless the pro- prospect is a top 25 national overall prospect, uh, all the rest of them are pretty fungible for me. Uh, we've, sure. we've proven that out, that, you know, especially the ones that are ranked 50 to 100, they are all interchangeable, and they do not have... Yeah, I was going to say particularly the yeah. pitchers. Particularly, particularly the pitchers. pitchers, yeah. So, you know, if you were going to toss out some sort of, uh, you know, setting aside Tamar Johnson, who's obviously one of those those key guys, but if the rest of the package was some combination of Jones or Chandler or Ashcraft or um, Sol, even Solometo, who I do like a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and do it. I, I'd like to have a bird in the hand instead of sure. two in the bush. So, yeah. All right. So next up, we'll stick on the trade wagon here. Uh, Jesus Lazardo. So now, I'm going to go, no, oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, let me uh, just, yep, yep, you go on. Let me just toss this one out there. Okay. Um, everyone is always, oh God, Dylan sees there's two years of control. He's represented by Boris. We, 
we can't, what are you talking about? We can't get him. He's never going to resign. And then Jesus Luzardo has three years of control. Okay. Is a worse pitcher with less track record. Uh-oh. And is represented by Scott Boris. Hmm. So why why are people way more interested in trading for Luzardo than they are for Cease? So let me hear your number, and if you want to wax philosophic on that, I'm I'm going to put him in as a, as a one. Um, I, I think the acquisition cost will probably be in line with Cease, and I do think there's some value add to that extra year of. Of, of control, it might even be a little less, given that he does have less of a track record. Um, you know, uh, but that being said, I, I'm putting it at one just because you know I, I haven't heard any real connection with him to the Pirates, or really, I, I haven't heard much about the trade market with him. Period. Like it, it was sort of like passing glance, like you know, right as the off season kicked off, that you know there was like, well, they might think about trading Jose L- or Jesus Lasarda. Uh, Lazardo, but um, we really yeah. haven't heard anything about it since. Like, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe he's not really seriously on the market, or somebody was just spitballing names when that came out. Can, can I ask you why are the Marlins even potentially dangling him? Um, I, I, I think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just don't know. I mean, I look at their payroll, and it's projected to be. Right, almost exactly dead nuts on what it was last year, you know, $92.5 million, um, which is like, oh, God, I'd break out in a cold sweat if the Pirates spent that much, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, it's not like they need to, quote, cost cut. Um, they can still recoup assets on them next year, like let them build value. And, you know, I don't, I don't quite get it why they're – even entertaining this. Sure. And I don't know if he necessarily is going to build enough value this year in order to recoup what he would lose for that term in, in, in terms of that year of service time lost. Um, you know, especially cheap first year of arbitration service time. I mean, so the, the, the Marlins have become one of the better teams at developing pitchers. Um, they, they seem to be constantly running somebody new out there. So it's kind of like, uh, there's always a next man up. And I do think that they're following, they're looking at what, you know, the, uh, the, the other, like, you know, thrifty team in Florida on the other coast. I think they're looking at what they're doing and, and the, the Rays are never a bad model to follow. Um, you know, you, you can, you can deal some cost controlled guys, you know, early on and recoup a huge, uh, you know, return from them in, in terms of prospects, you know, and then just sort of have, you know, the next guy, you know, following, uh, you know, following, the, you know, th- that guy in, you know, or, or you know, really the, the, the people that they acquire for Lazardo, you know, that can be, you know, that can be the who's replacing the next guy that they trade, theoretically. And, you know, it's just a sustainable way to continue to win on a, you know, or it's a potentially sustainable way to win on not a lot of salary. Um, you know, I, I mean, that, that's one theory at least. Um, you know, and I, and, and I, I get that. I do, I do get that, but this is coming on the heels of, um, I guess I'll call them their ace. I, I feel very comfortable saying that. 
Sandy Alcantara going down for TJ uh, in October of last year. So he is mm-hmm. a- absolutely out all this year. Um, could be that they're, could be the Marlins are thinking punt this season too. You it, know, I mean like, it could be, you know, yes, I agree. I, but I again, yeah. this could be, this rumor could also just be completely imaginary. <laughs> like yeah. this could be, you know, this, this could be just completely fictitious and it could have been something that just sort of like bandied about at the beginning you know, the equivalent of like European paper talk when it comes to transfers, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm sort of really leaning towards that actually being what it is. Although I do see the Marlins trending more and more and and making decisions that look more and more like decisions that the Rays would make. So, I I mean, I do think he's, I, I would be really surprised if he makes it to the end of his control in Miami. But oh, yeah. that being yeah. said, um, I don't think he's going to – I don't necessarily think he's going to get traded this offseason. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it at a two as well. Um, but you know what? I'm going to put it at a three just because okay. he's he's cheap. He's projected. that He's an ARB. Uh, he's ARB one. He, no, he's um, a super two. So Oh, he is. Oh, okay. So he's ARB two. So this, but... is, this is ARB two. He's projected at six million. Um, he does have three years of control, as you said, but so I'll, I'll give him a bonus point for that, but I'm still putting it at a three. All right, next up. Pirates signing uh, Sean Manea. So um, I feel like we're kind of Quentin Tarantinoing this one, but um, I actually think that he might be the most likely on this list to sign. I'm actually going to put him at six. Um, and, um, yeah, so one, he has been, he has at least been like connected to the pirates in some way, shape or form. But again, I do feel like it might just be Twitter rumors. Um, I mean, it was, he was supposedly signed, sealed and delivered on a, you know, three year, $39 million deal. You know, the, uh, equivalent of the, the, uh, Francisco Lariano deal. I don't know if you saw that one on Twitter that was, uh, like yes. right on the heels of the of of the, the Martin Perez uh, signing, um, so I, I don't I don't know if um, I don't know if he's necessarily I don't know if he's going to get that much at this point. Um, I think the market for him is probably drifting more and more towards a favorable one for the Pirates to to sort of snap him up. Um, you know, I do think he's a multi-year guy. I don't think that anybody's going to get him on a one-year deal. But I think he's probably looking at, like, two for 24, two for 26. And that might actually be, you know, pretty enticing for the Pirates. But I think that um, I think that they're not going to act on him until someone else that we might talk about next... Um, until he makes his decision. But I think I said five. Um, I'm going to go somewhere between a five and a six. I I actually think that he's, um, I I think that he might be, actually, I'm going to go with six. We'll say, we'll say six. Um, I I, I actually think he might, I I think he has the best chance of signing. You started off as a six and you kind of, Took a meandering journey, and he came back to. Yeah, uh, it sort of was started six. leaning five, so. and then and then and then went back to six again. So, 
Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll stick with six then. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna put him. I'll give him a five. Uh, I, it's hard for me to see them going another lefty. Uh, but you know, stranger things have happened. We talked about that vaunted 2005 rotation. So you know, anything could happen. All right. Next up, final final one on my end, uh, Yariel Rodriguez out okay. of Cuba. So he, the Pirates have been strongly connected with him. He's, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that, um, I think they're very serious about him, you know, based on the level of connectedness that I've seen to him. Um, I think that because they view him as a starter, it's going to make them a much more attractive destination for him than some of the teams that, you know, view him as a reliever that are also involved. I think that you can put the Red Sox in that. I think the Red Sox and the Reds, I think both go into that camp. Um, there's certain thing, teams that I have to imagine are out on him, you know, at at this stage in the off season, um, but it does sound like he's he's going to make a decision soon. But it does sound like he's leaning Blue Jays at this point. So that's, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to put him as a, yeah. I, I'm going to put him as a five um, because I think they have a solid chance of getting him. Um, but it does. If I had to guess, though, I would probably put the Blue Jays at an eight. So they're an eight or a nine. So therefore, like it's hard for me to put the Pirates any higher than that. If if the piece didn't come out that said that the Blue Jays were the front runner, I probably would put the Pirates somewhere around seven for this because I think it could be anybody's bet um, or anybody's bet guess as to to who it's going to be. Um, yeah, so that would be my that's my thoughts. Uh, I'm also going to kind of lean a seven. Um, okay. I I I guess I'm. You know, from the reports, the Pirates and the Red Sox seemed to have said that they'd be willing to both consider him as a starter. Uh, apparently the Blue Jays do too. Um, and I guess it's just, where do you want to live? Uh, and, and if that means he wants to live in Toronto, uh, I cannot fault him for that. I don't necessarily think that that's the best place for success. I think it's going to be hard for him to make the playoffs there. And I'm not saying that if he makes chooses the Pirates, that they're a shoe in to make the playoffs either. But I think the path, there's a more likely scenario, in my opinion, percentage-wise, of the Pirates winning the NL Central than the Blue Jays winning the AL East. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I just, I just think the the Orioles and the Rays, and of course the Yankees, are all much stronger positioned to win that division. Um, and then that means you're just kind of fighting for a wild card at that point. Um, but hey, money talks, and mm-hmm. the Blue Jays were really thinking they were in on Otani. So if you're willing to Put up thirty-five, or excuse me, fifty million plus for Otani. Uh, you could probably do ten million for Rodriguez. So yeah, 
I mean, I think that, um, you know, it has been a season of an off season of heartbreak for for the Blue Jays thus far. I think they've mm-hmm. been they've been flirting with uh, with a number of names, and they just have come up short. I mean, he, Rodriguez feels like a a very um, he feels like a very much a consolation prize, you know. Um, oh yeah, for them, yeah. you know. But that being said, I still think he could be a pretty darn good pitcher. Um, you know, I mean, he has that floor of being a, an incredible reliever, you know, um, so so he does have that going for him. And and if he hits that floor, it's not going to burn the Blue Jays nearly as bad as it would the Pirates. I don't think the Pirates want to spend, you know, $10 million over three years for an eighth inning guy. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that he's a good option, though. I think that I really also do think that he, the Pirates give him the best chance to stick in the rotation. And I, I think that that has to be something that he's going to value as well, since he really wants to establish himself there. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's really my, I, I think that's really the hope that I'm I'm holding out, you know, that maybe he takes, I, I don't think the Pirates will give, the biggest contract, but I think if he sees them as the best fit, you know, whether, like you said, um, you know, that they give him the best chance of winning the division at some point over the next three to four years, or, you know, like, you know, like I'm saying now, I think getting a better chance of staying in the rotation, I I think that that's a possibility. All right. I think it's that, that's sort of like where I'm leaning my hope for this guy. Um, Yeah. So, um, and then kind of just to finish out the show here, just wanted to get some brief thoughts on, we'll call this two that got away. Um, these were two pitchers that were at least on the periphery of guys the Pirates might be interested in. Um, we're going to start off with Frankie Montes. Uh, he signed with the Reds on a one-year deal. Uh, with an option for 2025. It's a one-year, $16 million deal, 14 base, $2 million buyout. Uh, thoughts? I don't really know if I care about that <laughs> one. Like, I mean, it just seems like, I, I mean, I, maybe it's because the dude was in Oakland in, like, purgatory for, like, so long. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I get that yeah. he's he's been in the playoffs at some point in his career based on when he was in Oakland. But, like, it's just that is the AL West, even though I was living out West for two years, like, that division is still, like, the last thing that I ever think of, you know, when I think about yeah. baseball. Like, it's like, I, I mean, you know, when somebody says a name of a guy that's on an AL East team, I'm almost always like, who, who, you know what I mean? Like I have to do a lot more research if they're coming off of one of those teams. And, and I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, good for him. You know, um, yeah. it seems like a good contract for him. Um, yep. you know, and, and, and I mean, I think he's a decent pitcher. Like, I don't think he's a one year, $16 million pitcher. Like personally, I don't think he's going to move a needle enough i think he's probably a four um you know with some three upside but i feel the same way about martin perez yeah in the in the past two years both with the yankees he has pitched a grand total of 40 innings yeah uh so he's in my opinion that was a 
tremendous amount of money to gamble on a guy who hasn't really done uh, much. Well, excuse me. He pitched, yeah, last year he only pitched one inning. He did pitch 153 innings combined between Oakland and New York in 2022. So, you know, coming off of an injury-plagued year, he barely even saw the field. That's a lot of money to stake uh, for, for a pitcher. So that's one that I, I am fine with the Pirates, quote, missing out on. All right. Yeah, I forgot about so, all that injury time, by the way, too. So, but yeah, yeah. so... So really, he wasn't in in Oakland, but at the same time, he might as well have been. So. Yeah, yeah. Because whether you're on the injured list or pitching for the Oakland days, it's obscurity either way. Yeah. Um. All right. So the guy who I was interested in, uh, Lucas Giolito, signed with the Red Sox, which is amazing because he didn't sign with the Braves. Because, I don't know if you know this or not, Steve, uh, Giolito has been on the same team as Reynaldo Lopez his entire career. And the Braves... Huh. Yeah. The Braves signed Reynaldo Lopez. I mean, these guys were even traded in the same trade with each other to the White Sox. Right. Um, so, Frenzies. you know, it's kind of like that, that scene in Superbad where they realize they're going off to different colleges and how are they going to cope without having each other around? So, you know, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez might've had like one final sleepover in the basement. Um, two years, 38 million to the Red Sox. Uh, so let's just call it 19 million. Would you have done that? Uh, if you were the pirates? I see, I know you, I know you're a big fan um, I'm just not as, I, I, I just haven't been as high on him and I, I sort of put him, I, I put him in a lower salary range. So, you know, no, I probably wouldn't have, um, I think, you know, unfortunately as a Pirates fan, we, we have to look at it from the perspective of, uh, of a value perspective. And I've always felt like there's going to be better value in this pitching market than, you know, than this guy. All right, Steve. Well, that does it for us this week. Uh, we'll have Pirate Fest to discuss um, next week and hopefully some pirate news on a starting pitcher. So until then, I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli.